Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Dallas, Texas, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you, broadcasting live from beautiful Dallas, Texas. This is going to be a fun segment, Lee. I'm you excited. You ready for this? Ready well, or not. All right. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast from Santander Consumer USA, Mr. Keith Myerson. How are you, dude? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How, how do you do with the how name? How do I do on Santander? It was perfect. It's, it's your, your <laughs> native Spaniards. <laughs> you didn't know Stone is Spanish. <laughs> for lazy? For Stone is Spanish for lazy? Right. right. <laughs> so what are you up to out there, man? Uh, what are you guys doing for folks? Well, from a business perspective, we're in the uh, consumer automobile financing industry. So uh, Santander is a uh, European bank out of Spain. Um, they have an interest in us and uh, for what we do in, in our industry is we, we help people get the cars they need to live their lives. Now, um, does that work just through dealerships or you're going straight to the uh, consumer? I'm asking because I just bought a car and I'm about to buy another one because I have two girls. Multiple ways. Uh, traditionally through dealerships. Um, and we're also uh, involved with Chrysler Capital. So if you're leasing a vehicle through a Chrysler program, that's also... Really we, working with Keith. You're, okay. work, you're working with us. Yeah, our great people. <laughs> Fair enough. So now how has the online world changed that industry? I, I think the uh, it's the consumerization of the technology, right? It, now everyone expects things to be easy and mobile in the moment and at right. a glance. So it's helped our industry because it allows us to provide technology to our, our clients, our, the consumers, so they can immediately interact with us, know their loans, know the programs, mm -hmm. and, and reach out to us whenever they need our support. Well, and you can get an answer fast. I got to tell you, I just, like I just bought a car not too long ago. The guy got all the information he needed to make our loan very quickly, and I think a lot of it was done online, and there was a quick call. And I mean, it's, uh, and, and the whole thing started online, just even trying to find a car that, you know, we were, there was something like we wanted to drive in, in the first place. So, but it's important. I know this is learning insights and here we are just talking about general, the, you know, the, the car financing business, but this is an important topic to be effective in your arena. You got to understand the business. Yes. You, you Right. Yeah. In, in any aspect of L and D, no matter what your industry is. I mean, in, in my business, we have an operational side, which are, you know, the call center agents that are supporting our clients, but right. then we have professional services as well. So how do we, develop people? How do we solve true business problems? How are we preparing successors and managers? I mean, it's, it's nothing unique to auto finance. These are, these are all challenges that every business has. Now in your career, have you been in other industries? Yeah. yeah this is my first time in, in this type of industry. And it's, it's a, a shift for me because this is a very highly regulated industry. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in retail the majority of my career. So uh, some places you may have heard. I started out with uh, Polo Ralph Lauren and I went from there to Tiffany and Company for about 11 years. I've heard of both of those. You've heard of both of those? And then, <laughs> but I'm uh, very well traveled now. There you go. <laughs> well, and for the Dallas natives, uh, Neiman Marcus. So, which, that's what brought me to the Dallas area. I, I came here uh, back in 2009 to lead learning and development for Neiman. So, so you like those kind of lower end brands? The low end brands. Yeah. You know, I, I got my clothing and I got my jewelry and I figured I'd, I'd get some money. So I decided to get into banking. <laughs> there so you go. Nice that, that was the hope. Right? So now how has it been different for you? 
for me, it's a whole new industry and understanding. But, but conceptually, it's similar concepts though, right? It's similar concepts on the professional side, but there's a whole compliance aspect to the training. That complicates things? Yeah, a, a little bit, but it's, you know, it's necessary. Right. We need a, rel, a well-regulated industry. We don't want us or competitors just going off and doing things. We want the consumers to have trust right. in what we're doing. So for me, it's it's ensuring that our call center agents understand what the law allows or does not allow and make sure that we're treating our customers in an ethically and fair manner. But that's things that we would want to do in any industry. Right. But, but here, you know, there's audits around that. Right, their stakes are, their stakes are a little higher. higher. Yeah. Right. When you're working with the organization, you are personally in your team, you're interacting with people at the very senior levels of the company to get your arms around the strategy that they're trying to drive. You're looking at business drivers and strategy as opposed to just, hey, let's go build some cool training and then take it to them. Absolutely. So walk us through the, you know, the Keith methodology. The Keith method. <laughs> I don't think the Keith methodology is much different than, than any of my colleagues would have, right? It's, it's um, building relationships, having establishing credibility with senior leadership and speaking the language of business. I don't think the CEO, CFO, or CHRO is really interested in how many hours of training I conducted or what the passing <laughs> scores were, right? It's what business problem did I solve? Are we, do we, are we collecting on, on or servicing our claims in an appropriate manner? Are we getting people to a certain proficiency in a certain amount of time so their skills are sooner and, and they're, they're doing more. With right, their effectiveness is increased exactly. faster. Right. So what are, you know, what are the, so to answer your question, Stone, it's, it's meeting with leaders and saying, what are your challenges? What are your business challenges? How can we help? What are your goals? What are you reviewed on? How, where are you taking the industry? Where are you take, you know, we, we don't just want to be, uh, you know, a, a good <clears throat> business entity. We want to be an industry leader. So where do you see the industry going so we can get ahead to make sure we have the skills in our workforce to prepare for the next evolution and we're not, you know, faced with the, you know, the ubiquitous war on talent that everyone talks about. How do we get ahead of that so we understand what the, the skills and capabilities of, of our workforce are now compared to what they need to be so we can close those gaps and ready people for future opportunities. Now, how do you help the senior leadership kind of prioritize? Because I'm sure they have a laundry list. I would say that I think the board might help them prioritize what that laundry <laughs> list would be. I don't think that's going to be the training guys sitting down and right. telling them I, what their I business know, but, priorities are. But once they give you their list, how do you kind of then implement it? You just go down from top to bottom until no, you're done? That's typically conversations with, with my leadership from the CHRO level, right? So the chief human resources officer and understanding what her priorities are. Um, and then within my area of, of responsibility. So I, I own from a talent management perspective, learning, performance, <clears throat> succession, leadership development, and call center training, more tactical aspects. So really what I like to do is get ahead of it and say, look, based on what I know about what's important to the business, here's what I think as your leader in this area, here's where I'd like to go with the business. Mm -hmm. And then really sitting down and understanding, are we in alignment? Are we in agreement? Right. Does she have other priorities? How does that sink in with any other competing priorities that might be in the department to make sure that we're all on the same page driving to, to the same results. Do you find that over time, these line execs, you know, the, the CFO, the CEO, the COO, do you find that they get better and better at answering those questions over time? And you probably get better and better at asking them because initially in the very early going, you know, maybe you're not as used to asking those questions and early going, they haven't really thought about those things that way. 
I think it's the, uh, you could look at it as a maturity cycle in the evolution of learning and development in an organization. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of organizations that I've been associated with have always looked at learning as uh, the panacea or the Band-Aid. So uh, when I was, uh, I won't mention the company. What's it rhyme with? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, need, need, needless markup is how I used to hear it referred to. But as I said, I won't mention the company. Um, no, I, I had a, a CHRO come to me one day and said, you know, our customer satisfaction scores are really low. Can you help us? And I said, okay, well, what's the lowest scoring category? And she said, friendliness. I said, all right, let me understand your expectations. You want me to create a training program to teach adults how to be nice to each other. <laughs> and she said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I said, okay, well, let's start from the beginning. Have we defined what friendliness means to us here? What are those behaviors? No, we haven't defined them. Okay, well, if we haven't defined them, then we haven't, uh, we're not hiring for those skills. And if we're not hiring, we're not training to them, we're not managing to them, we're not developing, we're not promoting. So it all makes so much sense when he starts talking about it. But <laughs> crazy, crazy. See, I would have jumped, I would have fallen right in the trap. Yes, sir. But yeah, boss, I got yeah. you. I'll go build one I'll of those. Get that friendliness module. <laughs> exactly. And so what happens to, to people in, in my profession is, you know, our first reaction is we want to please, we want to create the training program, yeah. but we're not getting to the root cause right. of the issue. And then a year later, I'm going to get yelled at for creating a terrible training program. Right. When zero now impact. the answer is just don't ask about friendliness. Exactly. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, when, when I look at L and I look at, it's my responsibility to educate uh, my business partners, executives included, as to, you know, the OD side, the organizational development side and helping really peel away the onion down to like, the, what are you really trying to accomplish? Here? Well, what's the outcome you desire? It's the outcome. And then what's preventing us from achieving that outcome mm -hmm. and not jumping to, well, it must be a training issue. Right. Right. Because there's a lot of reasons why things don't happen in business. Training may be part of the solution, but it's rarely the sole problem, mm -hmm. the sole cause. So I got to ask you about technology. The, it's it's so much of it is now available to us. I mean, we're sitting right here on the radio. We're broadcasting live out to the world. We're recording. You know, I'm over here looking at stuff. I'm going to move, you know, I don't know, megabytes of data to our home office in a little while. And I am a techno idiot. But technology certainly has had to have had an impact on what you're doing in your world. It it had it's had a tremendous impact for me personally. I, I've I've embraced it, but you know I've been known as Beta Boy, so I you could, you could <laughs> take try it or leave it. I'll try anything. <laughs> like Mikey, uh, so let me pull out my Palm Pilot and I give you examples. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's been a major shift in the industry since about 2009, where the the major platforms from a learning management system perspective or a talent management perspective have consolidated. So in 2009, 2010, we saw. Taleo and buyinglearn.com, which was then purchased by Oracle. We saw SAP purchase success factors, which bought Plateau. And we've seen this change from learning to talent, which is in line with how we should be looking at learning and development because measuring cheeks in the seats is, is not a good way for me to keep my job, right? Reporting on, again, hours trained or how many people right. is not going to solve a business problem. But I need to align learning with performance or learning with succession in order to show metrics on what the business impact has done. So the consolidation of technology has really allowed us to deliver on that and be proactive with some workforce analytics, really doing two things. One is we're empowering our, our employees to take ownership of their career. What do you want to be when you grow up? Here are the resources. Here's the development opportunities. 
here's a way to do a competency assessment to see what your gaps are and, and do some self-guided learning. And on the other side, it allows our, our partners in talent acquisition internally to say, okay, here's forecasted needs. Now I can use the system to see who's interested by data point. So from a talent management perspective, I could see who's self-identified as uh, wanting to relocate, which could be part of an applicant tracking system. I want to see who's had um, high uh, marks and performance reviews for the last three years. That's a performance system. Who's been identified as um, high potential talent? That's succession planning. Who's taken our leadership development program? That's learning. Who is in a certain comp ratio to make sure that it's within the grade level or, or, or the pay level? So now I'm pulling information that has traditionally lived in disparate systems, but they're now in one integrated unified talent mm -hmm. platform. So really, just like buying a car and doing a comparison, I could look for the data attributes of the workforce that I'm looking for, and I could create a talent pool based on people that most closely align to, the, to those needs. And if there are gaps, I could then immediately create a talent pool and push out development opportunities to, to proactively do that. So think is, about that. Is that happening in real life or is this, it's your, absolutely this is your dream? No, it's, I mean, we're, <laughs> so I've been an individual contributor, an internal contributor for me, most of my career. Um, I left uh, Neiman's in 2012 and I went into consulting for three years where I focused specifically on this issue where I worked with um, corporations like um, United Airlines and Kohler Manufacturing and Arkansas Best Corporation and on and on and on, uh, helping them to define their strategic use of these talent systems to execute and deliver on this. So this is real world stuff that's happening right now. Um, but, but the challenge is most organizations haven't kept up organizationally to keep peace, pace with the change in technology. So most organizations have recruiters, or they and they have performance specialists and training people and OD people. And I've been in engagements where they've never met each other. So they're siloing they're at very a human siloing. level where the technology is unsiloed. Exactly. So the technology <laughs> is the tail wagging the dog, right? So now we're seeing this evolution Interesting. in HR where HR has realized strategically we need to reduce our silos. We need to be better aligned and we can we can really use you know, to use the term now, big data, but we can use this big data now to be predictive and to be a true business partner rather than being transactional human resource professionals. Right. We're truly business consultants that can provide predictive analytics. And, and that's the, that to me, that's the promise of the technology married with the strategy. Now, do you think that um, because you went out on your own as a consultant, you were able to kind of see this? Gave you a, a, different, a different lens, perspective. Right? What, what I learned from working uh, with inside a company was uh, you have a lot less credibility than you do as a consultant, right? So right. as soon as you... you yeah, you, the guy with the briefcase is always smarter than the... Exactly. <laughs> right. But it can get cold out there, yeah. too. It, it can. Well, I was fortunate. It wasn't my own shingle. I was working um, with, with another uh, consultancy, yeah. which is the, the phenomenal company actually based in, in the Richardson area here. But it was a different, unique lens for me because I had a, a history of retail. Now, you know, like we've said at the very beginning, there's complementary skill sets and training can be training, but you know, understanding uh, when you're sitting down with United Airlines and you know, what's your business goal? Well, we want to keep keep people out of orange jumpsuits. <laughs> well, you know what? That becomes a little more real real to, to me rather right. than, you know, we're selling five thousand dollar suits. It's it's a little different. You know, when I'm working with Susan G. Komen right. here and they're putting in a new LMS and you make a comment off the cuff 
about, you know, we're not curing can't. Oh, wow. Oh, well, we, we are, are curing <laughs> cancer. Oh, my God. This I guess is it's real, important. This is important. <laughs> so it really refocuses your efforts on the impact you can have. I mean, I, you know, I love empowering people and giving people the the opportunity to take charge of their own careers. That That's what gets well, me going. Can you speak to that for a second? Because is that, that's been technology enabled, meaning if I'm part of a company of some size and complexity that has made this investment, I can go in and, and kind of map out my learning these days much more than ever so before is that absolutely so so we don't have that at business radio x in atlanta yet just so you know but well you know I, we I i don't work weekends so <laughs> i'll give you my rate we can figure something out or actually i can introduce you some great consultants but i love the idea i just love the concept but it's of that. it is and it's to me it's it's a no-brainer and i think we we haven't been trained to think like that because Previously, the technology wasn't there to support right. it, and we've grown up in silos. We've grown up that now in a highly regulated industry such as mine, compliance training is extremely important. But it's it's fundamental. It's the cost, it's the price of admission, right. and we need to move beyond that. We need to move into engagement and empowerment. And for me to be able to to enable an employee to come in and say, "I'm a call center agent today, but I don't want to be a call center agent." but I don't even know what I want to be. So let me look up other successful people in the organization and see what path they took. Right. And what are some yeah. key indicators or predictive analytics? Or a skill I need. A skill, and, yeah. and even more so, let me see what the competencies are. Let me take a self-assessment, see where my gaps are, and the system will recommend the intervention. Right. That's not a that's not you know high-level blue sky. Those are things that we're doing right now. Right. It's like that Amazon. If you like this, then you may like this. Absolutely. And yeah. and we're even, we kind of use that type of um, analogy. So as people take courses, we allow them to do the the one to five Amazon star rating. Obviously for, for anyone from Amazon listening, don't sue me. We don't use the word <laughs> Amazon, uh, but we, we, you know, we can allow that self rating. And for me, I'm expanding my QA process exponentially because people are going to value feedback from their colleagues on what courses they took. So if I'm getting zero stars right. on content, I can get rid of it. Yeah. That we may not want to keep that one anymore. Exactly. And one of the other things we're doing that, that really hasn't been celebrated a lot in the industry is the use of social learning. So as part of this talent management platform, we've created uh, what is a hybrid between LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So everyone gets their own page with their own subjects, their own interests, their own likes. Oh, they can cool. blog, they can connect with other people. And then we have communities of practice. So my team, as an example, has a closed off community that only members in, in my division can see. And as I mentioned to our new CHO this morning, uh, you're not even allowed to see that. <laughs> Please don't make me change it. But I wanted to give them a safe place to share ideas. The, right. the people, my, my feeling is the people closest to the to the problem are the ones that are closest to the solution. So this gives the team uh, a way to collaborate and surface ideas that they don't have to worry about layers or levels or chain of command. We want to get to the root of the problem. And also screw up in a safe place. Absolutely, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I, I was in the military and I was told, you know what, you don't need to bleed during peacetime. You don't need to bleeding in wartime. So, you know, what I want to do is is I want to have a fun place for, for my team to develop themselves while we're developing other people. Mm -hmm. So um, as one of the vendors calls it, eating your own dog food, you know, we, we use these same principles for ourselves and, and it seems to be working. Well, it's fantastic that the technology is enabling all this and it only is going to do that if 
you have people in the organization of your mindset, your work ethic, senior level executives willing to commit the resources and, and, and uh, allow that environment to be nurtured, yes? No, a- absolutely. A-, a lot of organizations that I've worked for in the past where I have tried to implement these programs right. um, to varying de- degrees of success, it really, you know, the traditional change management and adoption model is get the C-suite buy-in and, and communicate, communicate, and drill down. I found that doesn't always work. Um, again, at another company, I had to do a grassroots campaign because uh, I did not get that higher level support. But the millennials, obviously, or stereotypically, however you want to look at it, buy into the technology. So allowing social learning for millennials, we now found that their boomer bosses had to invest in the same platform to actually know what their people were doing. They, they were missing <laughs> out on the conversations. You know, it was kind of a... It's a, hard to believe that would happen. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I'm fortunate where I am now. I mean, we have tremendous support from the executive team. We have tremendous support from both our EVP and CHRO in HR. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a true commitment. And I think we, you know, we're all on the same page. We all want the same thing to happen. And they've given me uh, a lot of flexibility into, into leveraging the technology the way that I feel it would. It, would right. it sounds like you're having fun. I'm having a blast. Well, and I think you've obviously earned the, the right to have that kind of latitude to kind of push the edges on this stuff. Well, I'm seven months in, so we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, the honeymoon's not over yet. Well, I don't want to scare you, but uh, a couple interviews ago, yeah, person was on the show, not there anymore. The boss called in. I don't know if it was a correlation. <laughs> well, hey, Keith, thanks so much for coming down and visiting with us, man. This is this has been fantastic, and let's let's do it again. And let's don't wait seven months, but let's check in again and see how how things are progressing for you. That'd be great. I appreciate it. All right, we'll be back in a few from Dallas. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.